0: The following is a presentation of the Match Talk Podcast Network.
1: And welcome wrestling fans to the Ice Hour. This podcast is aimed at promoting the world of Division Three college wrestling and is named for the late Hall of Fame coach Dave Eisenhower. Here we'll talk about topics and news that's relevant to those who compete for the love of the sport in Division Three. The Ice Hour is sponsored by My House Sports Gear. Check out their line of wrestling apparel and products at shop.myhousesportsgearonline.com. Subscribe using your favorite podcasting app by going to mattalkonline.com ice. and welcome to episode 1 the inaugural episode of the ice hour a division 3 wrestling podcast my name is Jason Bryant I've been covering wrestling for about 20 years and I love division 3 wrestling Joining us on the show today is the president of the Division Three Coaches Association and the head coach at the University of Dubuque, John McGovern. And our guest today, Mike Moyer, the executive director of the National Wrestling Coaches Association. And before we get into our discussion with, with Mr. Moyer, John, I just want to say we, we do a show called the World Wrestling Resource Podcast together. Now we've got this Division Three show. Uh, you spend time in Division Three as an active head coach. Why did you think it was important for division three to have a show talking specifically about division three topics, trends, and issues?
0: Well, there's a lot of growth in, in NCAA division three wrestling. And, uh, I believe that, uh, the student athlete in division three should be heard just, uh, just the same as a uh, division one. And, uh, they, they live, live a similar lifestyle and build the same character traits at the end of the day. And, uh, Provide the same value to society after they graduate, and uh, I'm I'm excited that uh, we could name it in honor of
1: yeah, we're the show named in honor of the late College of New Jersey head coach Dave Eisenhower. Of course, that school formerly known as Trenton State. And I'm going to jump to Mike real quick before we talk about our discussion here. But uh, Mike, in, in your opinion, I mean, Dave Eisenhower really kind of was one of the deans of Division Three wrestling. He, granted, he didn't have the longest tenure. I mean, Ned McGinley's still out there. He's been coaching since, I think, the, the Kennedy administration. But, you know, you know what, did, what did Dave Eisenhower mean to Division Three wrestling and wrestling in general?
2: Well, Coach Eisenhower was a leader in every sense of the word. He was a board member of the NWCA. I had the privilege of serving under him for a number of years. And he was one of those guys that when he spoke, people listened. And, and, uh, you know, he always had the best interests of the sport at heart. And and, he was one of those guys that could put the greater good of the sport sometimes in front of his own best interests. And um, there's no doubt, you know, we really, really miss him.
1: Now, as we talk about the development of this show, you can check it out on iTunes. You can subscribe by going to matttalkonline.com slash D3. You can find the show main landing page at matttalkonline.com slash ICE. And a couple topics we want to talk about. First, uh, I recently had a discussion on my short-time wrestling podcast about the drops at Knox College and Yeshiva uh, at the Division three level. Uh, Joe Norton and Matt Lowers came on the show, the two previous coaches at Knox Uh, Where they struggled with numbers, Uh, they were the first two full-time coaches and then had opportunities pop up. At least Joe Norton had an opportunity to coach at his alma mater with a head coaching opening there as Kevin Brattlin left to coach at the Coast Guard Academy. And then Matt Lowers left the University of the Cumberland to take the Knox job, had a medical situation that prevented him from, uh, you know, continuing on coaching and yeshiva has all sorts of different uh anomalies so to speak obviously with it being an orthodox jewish institution no saturday competitions so you're not seeing them in championships and of course they've had a lot of financial issues and let's just talk to uh to mike real quick about this and give us an update on what you know about those two programs and and what's being done to maybe bring those programs back
2: well of course, you know, we're always deeply disappointed any time that we see uh any college program at any level get discontinued. But um we actually got very involved with the uh the the, the situation at Knox uh college and, and you know there were two or three um alumni that were, were funding that program and I had uh initially reached out to them and uh asked for their support, you know almost always when we're able to save a program, having the support of the alumni is critical. And in this case, you know, you, you have three alumni out there that were really funding the overwhelming majority of the program. And, and uh, initially we felt like we really had their support and, and, uh, and then for whatever reason, the administration had gotten to them and convinced them that they should reassign their, their donations to the general athletic department fund. And, you know, once we once we lost the support of those three uh, alumni, the chances of saving the program get exponentially more challenging. However, even with that being said, you, you know, I, I feel like a big part of my role here is, is um, you know, being an advocate on behalf of our sport, and, and it's important that we educate key decision-making people on college campuses across the country uh, to just make sure they really understand that wrestling, for the most part, uh is a huge part and should be a huge part of their efforts to grow enrollment and um so I still fully intend to educate the board of trustees the president other key decision making leaders on campus to just make absolutely certain that um you know from my vantage point, I think they had a little bit of bad luck and 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 you know I had two great coaches that, due to personal circumstances you know weren't able to stay there for the one haul and But, you know, there's no doubt we get the right coach in there that that um, that program should really thrive. And and we just need to um, try to do everything we can, being respectful of the administration's decision, to just make sure that, you know, they really understand the uh, potential consequences of standing by this decision. At Yeshiva, you know, we're, we're, we're just getting around to that one. Obviously, the challenges there are much greater. And and, um, I'm not as optimistic uh, about that program. You know, it had struggled for quite some number of years. But um, we're at least going to inquire and and, uh, see what might be possible.
1: Now John, you coaching right down the road. Actually, it's not that that far I wouldn't say it's right down the road, but uh not that far away from uh, Knox College and obviously you guys are kind of in the same recruiting area. From from your vantage point, what makes you think that a school like Knox could have a full roster and be successful if a little bit more effort was put in?
0: Well, they they had one when Tony this was there and and uh, they got guys that are still in the school that would would go out and uh Norton said that uh, Joe Norton said that, uh, that 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 those guys would come out if they got a coach back in place, and uh, so I mean everything is leading towards it. If, if they got a coach, that the guys would come back out, and it's obviously a strong strong wrestling area in Illinois, so it's not a hard area to recruit to, and it's a good school academically, so they, they, they should
2: be able to rebuild. And Jason, if I could add to that, you know, at Milliken uh, University, which is is not too far away, you know, they already have 32 wrestlers on their roster before their first, they're going to have their first practice next year. And uh, there's just, there's too many examples of like colleges that we can point to in their region where wrestling has just been a huge part of their efforts to grow enrollment with solid students. And all we can try to do is to get the decision makers to fully understand that.
1: Yeah, and as we look at, you mentioned Milliken. That'll be one of a couple schools that are starting up. Uh, their programs next year in terms of uh, actually competing. Hampton, Sydney in Virginia, Greensboro College in North Carolina, Milliken, and, of course, Adrian, which starts men's and women's wrestling up in Michigan. And, of course, we've seen uh, Southern Virginia has now moved from uh, from an NCWA program to a Division 3 They'll be eligible, I believe, in another year or two. Uh, Farham's adding women's wrestling. So th- the stem of losses at the Division Three level in terms of programs has slowed in the last couple of years, obviously, before – Knox and Yeshiva, you'd have to go back to 2011, the last time we lost a Division three team, and, and that was at Morrisville State and at Wilmington. So I guess this now directs the conversation over to you, Mike, in terms of the growth model. Um, you talk about enrollment-driven institutions and ways to create opportunities, because with the way college uh, enrollments are now, they're, they're becoming more and more female-heavy, and you need some male students to offset that. And you know, you've seen a lot in the NAIA. There, there are a lot of small private enrollment-driven schools there. Division three, slightly different model than the NAIA, but still, uh, they don't have the scholarship component in Division three. But what's been the NWCA's growth model for when you call up a school and actually maybe just take us through the process? You, you, you've got your eye on a Division three school and says, "All right, we need to start wrestling here, and here's why." What's the NWCA process on that?
2: Yeah. So essentially what we do is, is around October of every year, we craft a a letter and we send it out to every college athletic department in the country. We send one letter to division one, you know, and a different letter to division two and three and then AIA and so forth, because they're all slightly different. But, um, you know, we, we we thank those that sponsor wrestling and we encourage those that don't to please consider doing so for a laundry list of reasons. And it's amazing, but I, I mean, the last 3 or 4 years yeah you know, we've been starting between 10 and 20 new programs a, a year and and actually the best case study is division 3 because they don't have scholarships you know we have we we have examples of division 3 programs that have been started within the last 3 or 4 years that have added net that they've actually netted over a million dollars for their institution by the third year of existence and that's all the function of we have this huge population of high school participants and a, a, a somewhat of a limited uh, number of college opportunities. So it's really it's a five or 10 minute conversation with the college president or the director of enrollment management. You know, those are the two people that we typically try to target. And, and um, you know, a, a lot of times their their initial reaction is this is too good to be true. And, um, but we've now had enough success over enough years. I, I think we're, we're up to about 131 college teams that we've started since, uh, that we've helped to start since, since, uh, 2001. And so the word has gotten out. Now, now the phone's starting to ring. And what's exciting is now we're being asked to present to entire conferences. Not too long ago, I was invited by the presidents in the Mac conference. The Division III NAC conference, you know, that would be Wycoming uh, and Ledman Valley and Delaware Valley. Those guys were actually got invited to do a whole PowerPoint presentation uh, because th- these presidents are focused on a couple of things. In many ge- geographic regions around the country, uh, the number of students in high schools is, is dropping. And then further complicating thing is the number of college grad- of high school graduates who are going to college is dropping and uh and then, to further complicate things is you have student loan debt is really starting to escalate so these these leaders of these small private enrollment driven schools are really looking for cost effective ways of growing enrollment and wrestling is has one of the lowest costs per student athletes, and it's got one of the largest pools of high school participants so long story short, it's a very, very, very compelling. Uh, case that we can present to these administrations, and we just need listeners around the country to help us identify, you know, any colleges that have this profile, and um, we we work with you know sort of people locally on the ground to to um, you know get these new programs off the ground.
1: Coach McGovern, your thoughts on the topic?
0: Just with the addition of all the Division Three programs, I think uh, I don't know Jason if you had the research, but it was at five. Five
1: of the finals in Division III were Division One transferred Is that right? Uh, let's see. Catching me off guard. Uh, ask another question, and I'll verify that for you real quick. Oh.
2: <laughs> well, that might know. be the first time, Jason, that you didn't have that on the tip of your tongue. That here. wasn't on the I'd to-do list, John.
1: Us. Come on now. <laughs> yeah. No,
0: don't. I'm, I'm good. I'm good.
1: No, I'm, now you've got me. Now I'm going to have to go. I'm, I'll have this with you for a minute. So, you know, you, you've gotten me. I'm, I'm By the wonders of technology, we can actually look this up. And let's see. So your question was, how many were Division I transfers? Let's see. Results. Let's click finals on trackwrestling.com. And I'll tell you that Finfinger was technically not a Division One transfer. He was from Northern Michigan. He went Greco. Uh, Grossman, right down the street in Mannheim. So he was a uh, Mannheim township, not Mannheim. Big difference there. Uh Carrie Palmer was a junior college transfer. Kenny Martin was a junior college transfer. Nick Carr was a D one transfer. Uh Sawera, I don't believe, was a transfer. LaFever was there. LaFever was there. Uh Jamarita. You know what? I think it was just two D one transfers, John. I think it was just uh it was just uh, Nick Carr from Washington and Jefferson and uh Donnie Longendyke from Augsburg. I think those were the only two D one champs, but there were transfers from from junior colleges and other programs. So
0: how about how about finalists? Well, I think that the Rhode Island oh yeah
1: yeah Terrence john jock was uh, was a transfer from uh, Rutgers via Iowa, so he was definitely one uh van anroy from luther was an was an oregon state transfer fava from uh Ryder at del val, so let's see I'm still going here I'm still just looking uh devin Peterson was uh junior college and then uh, Grandview and then Wartburg. I don't believe Seifert was a transfer, and yeah, so it was. It's you know the finalists. There were runners up that were D one transfers, but you know for the most part, uh, you're seeing a lot a lot of D three homegrown in the uh, the the All Americans.
0: Yeah, yeah, for the most part. So so um, yeah. Anyway, the 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 question, it's it's a it's a competitive tournament, and maybe you think this way, Jason, but you know Division three has right now the most participants, right? So. Is there any discussion about increasing the number of qualifiers?
2: Well, that's a great question, uh, John. And, you know, one of the challenges, uh, Commissioner Bowlesby, the commissioner of the Big 12, spoke at our convention. He was our keynote speaker last year. And one of the concerns that the NCA has right now is they're projected to be in a deficit spending situation with their championships by 2019. And so, so at the Division One level, there's only four or five championships that make money. Wrestling is one of them, and um, but you know it's an exercise where they have to make enough money on the four or five championships to subsidize all the other championships that don't make money, and some of them lose a lot more than others. So, that sort of the short answer to your question is the best way to get more qualifiers. Uh, to account for the, the increased number of, of teams that are migrating uh, into Division three, is we have to really make sure we continue to grow the fan base because those fans that get involved and get hooked on wrestling during the regular season are more likely to follow their teams and their favorite individuals to the national tournament. You know, the NCAA, you know, while they're a nonprofit, they have to make sure that they bring in at least one more dollar than they spend each year. And so the sports that get those kinds of privileges are the ones that make money through their championships. So that's one of the reasons that we invest so heavily in our partnership with Dr. Coy Cooper down at North Carolina in this best of brand exercise. What we're trying to do is to provide coaches with the skills and tools and resources to develop promotional videos and posters and graphics and leverage social media in an effort to grow their fan bases, and, and in doing so, make wrestling more relevant in every community across the country. And as wrestling becomes more relevant, uh, we're going to grow our fan base, and we're going to grow our media following. And then at that point is when it makes it a little bit easier to try to get some additional qualifiers. I might also add one of our other strategies, which is absolutely critical, I believe, to sustaining the all the new programs we've been started, is at the end of the day, it all boils down to having great coaches who are great leaders and who align their programs with the educational values of the institutions they reside at. And so we provide upwards to 100 full scholarships a year for deserving head and assistant college coaches, and in some cases, high school coaches who want to transition to college. We provide upwards to 100 full scholarships for coaches to go through this comprehensive CEO leadership training program to make sure that we have a very deep pool of well-trained, uh, system coaches that can step into the helm of these new programs that we get started. And, um, you know, admittedly, you know, we've been almost starting new programs at a faster pace than we've been able to train coaches. And so we're trying to ramp up, um, our coaching development, um, initiatives. So we always make sure that we have very, very well-trained coaches to lead all these new programs. But just keep in mind, a single scholarship, when you take into account the cost of developing the program and oversight of the program and delivering the program, a single scholarship actually costs about $4,800. And we're doing about 100 of those a year, and it's all donor-driven. And it's, it's just driven by business leaders that understand in their own businesses that Their businesses are only sustainable with with, with great employees and well-trained employees, and they just want to see to it that in our wrestling community, we have the same benefit.
1: Yeah, John, I kind of want to touch on this. I mean, in your years of coaching – how have you seen the the involvement at the division 3 level grow for coaches actually attending not just the leadership academy but you know the coaches association in general when I first started with the NWCA and again full disclosure Mike is my former boss and kind of is at certain parts about it uh, depending on the day of the week but you know I, I first went in in Buffalo in 2005 and there wasn't a whole lot of division 3 uh, at least, at least, I didn't see it as appearances. And now, here, ten years later, I'm seeing a lot more Division Three coaches attend the convention. You guys are having breakout sessions. It's more than it used to be. So, you know, wh- what do you think about the the coaches in Division Three being more active within the national uh, scale of, of the, Co- the coaches association? Yeah,
0: there definitely seems like there's more involvement, and in, uh, just like Mike was saying, uh, you know, that the. the Aligning with the institution's academic goals and the NWCA Academic Scholar Team Awards is getting very competitive. And academic individual academic scholar awards presented by the NWCA; the, those are very helpful for a lot of the programs. And, and teams are really competitive trying to trying to win, you know, top ten team honors in those GPAs and and uh, just the CEO uh, Academy, that leadership academy, and the and the uh, cohesiveness of of the coaches at those meetings and help one to help help the sport and and so it's grown quite a bit I, 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 and and uh, you know it's exciting to see what the NWCA is is doing for you know trying to, I know Mike's behind the scenes trying to grow more Division three programs and and uh, it's 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 going to continue to evolve but uh, but yeah it's taken taken off a lot since since I began. Uh, coaching at
1: the University of Dubuque. Yeah, and this goes also goes back to what Mike had talked about, about Court Cooper and the best of brand. I mean, you're seeing Division three teams engage their fan bases so much that they're beating Division one teams that have a lot more followers on Twitter and Facebook. So interesting to see how that best of brand. I think Johnson & Wales just took out a D1 school to win uh, one of the different categories. You can check all those out at com. Next topic we want to move to, and this is something, again, Mike has experience with in terms of all star events the Division three is looking to have an all star duel uh right at the beginning of November around the super thirty two john why don't you give us a little bit of information on on the the genesis of this idea and and where we are with with the project?
0: Well, we're working with uh with mike moyer to, to see if we can get the um date exemption for october thirty first November first is the first start date and uh but uh, we got a committee that's working on uh, helping with selection, and we're happy that Super 32 is willing to help us. You know, if, if this event takes off, and we're excited that Mike Moyer is one to, you know, be be on board and 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 uh, help promote this event if it takes off. And uh, I guess Mike, maybe you can your thoughts on on uh, where it's at and what your thoughts, where where you think it could go.
2: Well, I'll just say this. Generally, you know, I love working with the Division Three coaches. You know, one, they're so incredibly appreciative for all that you do for them. And, you know, I don't think in our sport we can do enough to really celebrate our heroes and champions. And and, and as John has been saying, yeah, we have some unbelievable wrestlers at the Division Three level. I mean, we've got great wrestlers at every level. And it's just, it's a function of having this huge pool of high school talent and a limited number of college opportunities but uh this 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 all star uh concept is just a great way to bring Division Three heroes and champions into different communities and and showcase them and you know help these young aspiring wrestlers at elementary and middle school and high school levels you know have something they can aspire to work toward and and uh we've got some some hoops to jump through and you know some some different layers of n c a approval that we need to get through, but we're working diligently on that and I think it could just be another great event, a showcase event for our sport, and and specifically for Division Three.
1: Yeah, and I'm looking at it from the perspective of I didn't quite make the I didn't quite connect the dots when I was looking at Super Thirty Two. It's like, all right, Super Thirty Two, yeah, it's great. You know, you got every every Division One coach there in the country basically recruiting the top talent, but you know, that's in a part of the country where Division Three wrestling really isn't uh, prominent. Although now. There's a wrestling program back within the city of Greensboro, Greensboro College, yes. Eric Wince is going to have <laughs> exactly. their program. So this basically coach Wins is kind of sitting there going, "Huh, if this thing takes off," he's like, "Wow, okay, there's a bunch, there's a thousand or something kids now going to sit here and watch wrestling at the Division 3 level." It basically, John, this this opens doors for Division 3 outside, you know, in that area where I mean in the southeast, yeah, there's not a whole lot of uh, D3 opportunities right now, but you know, the kids come from around the country, and they they see an opportunity to watch a college wrestling all-star duel and say, wow, these, these guys are pretty good. I mean, it's it's going to open some doors for Division three as an option for maybe even not just kids, but coaches who might not be aware that these opportunities exist out there. Yeah,
0: I think it's going to grow a lot of excitement for Division three wrestling uh, at the high school level. And, yeah, you're right with the high school coaches and, and wrestlers out east.
1: Now, Mike, I mean, how unique is it for, uh, you know, in your experiences for Division Three or any other uh, faction within the NCAA to try to do something like this to get an exemption? How does it work with the Division One? Is it because there's already started practice? I mean, what what's one of the main hoops that you're allowed to kind of speak on that's, that's going to be a hurdle that needs to be cleared for this all-star duel to kick up during the Super 32 weekend?
2: Yeah, well, philosophically, as, as you know, Jason, it's it's the, the philosophy within the different collegiate divisions is very, very different, and particularly when it comes to things like all-star classics and national competitions. And so, so you know, there, there's a couple of things we're trying to do. Uh, we're going to see if we can get a competition date exemption. Um, you know, we've got to make sure that. I believe if, and John, correct me if I'm, if I'm wrong on this, but I think the, the day that we've identified is actually a day before the season actually starts. So I think we need a waiver for that. And, um, but there's some really good people in the NCA and they're working on this. And, and, um, you know, I, 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 it's just, it, you know, it's a great opportunity to really showcase division three and build a division three following and, I don't see anything that appears to be insurmountable, but you know you never really know until you you uh, you know get to the nitty gritty parts of it but I would say over the next couple of weeks hopefully uh these these things are we can get past them.
1: Yeah, one thing also, maybe maybe, you know, is some of it with the terminology using the name like All Star, for example, may not jive with a division three mantra, but obviously the name uh, not really important. The idea is it's it's a showcase of of division three A showcase,
2: that's right. Yeah, exactly right. Exactly right. We're just sort of treading lightly and, and trying to figure out, you know, what language we can use to align with their philosophy.
1: I'll shift gears a little bit. D three, the national championships come back to the Midwest this year, in Cedar Rapids again, hosted uh, by the Iowa Conference, and of course uh, Dick Simmons, the AD up at Cornell College up in Mount Vernon, Iowa, does a great job in helping put that thing together. And and John, you're you're right there in Iowa. You know how things work up there, and uh, you know it, having it back in Cedar Rapids. I mean, what are your thoughts about first of all coming back to the Midwest, but having the opportunity to go out east? To to wrestle in Hershey in the Giant Center, the place that holds the the PIAA High School State Wrestling Championships, and and it's the the host of the Hershey Bears, the AHL team with a, a long tradition of history. Personally, I found the uh, the trip to go back east to watch Division Three wrestling quite enjoyable.
0: Yeah, that that was nice, and I hope we can kind of keep that rotation going. I remember when I was competing in Division Three, we had nationals. I think it was at Ithaca and then Trenton, and, but it, and then rotate uh, Augustana, but I think it's good to, to to have it rotate like that, and I'm glad to have it back in Iowa. I think there'll be a lot of um, Iowa fans there. And Dick Simmons does a great job with the event, but I, I do I do like the location. I think it's good for Division Three wrestling.
1: Mike, what were your impressions? Obviously, you're you're, you're about 30 minutes away from Hershey, uh, from where the offices there are in Manheim, Pennsylvania. I mean, what were your impressions of of how the tournament went, and and you know how you think the the, the world of Division Three was represented there?
2: Well, I, again, I thought it was spectacular, and uh, I particularly liked the idea that it was a half hour up the road. <laughs> so I do hope it comes back. But uh, the local organizing committee, and Coach Walker, Town College, I mean, there's just an army of volunteers that made all that possible, and it was just another example of the wrestling community circling the wagons and really putting their best foot forward and, and, and having a premier event for the whole region to enjoy. Yeah, I mean, obviously I looked
1: at it and I, I thought the facility was great. I thought the mat space was laid out pretty good. I, I liked my vantage point because I get to sit up at the, the head table, kind of the end and press row here. And I didn't have to fight some of the other media for the uh, the uh, penalty box seats. But, you know, <laughs> talking about the, the actual tournament itself, I thought the crowd was really good. And I've always said the crowd at Division Three has been, been good because usually uh, when I've been since 2009 – we're in the Midwest, so the fans from, from Luther, the fans from Augsburg and Wartburg and, and the Iowa Conference schools can all show up. And uh, you've seen Wisconsin Whitewater really really bring their fan base the last couple of years. Now I was ex- wondering what that was going to be when, when we went out east. And sure enough, I mean, Wabash brought their mascot. Uh, they had a good crowd there. Of course, you'd expect the big crowd from Messiah, which is right down the road. But, uh, you know, Wartburg, Augsburg, I mean, Luther... With their chant, I you know, <laughs> I guess I I can't get enough of that Luther chant because it's something. that's like wow, these these guys came from the middle of Iowa to come out here to the middle of Pennsylvania to watch wrestling. And uh, one thing I did notice, John, I don't know if you picked up on this, the East Coast timeout chant didn't really get a whole lot of push from the from the fans this time. I think they realized where they were at. guess you might be
0: right about that. Yeah.
1: But in terms of you know, that's one thing, John. When you first got into the uh, the division three landscape uh, years ago, what were you, what were your thoughts about it? obviously it's like, wait a minute. The, wow, we, we we do have fans here. People do show up to watch our matches.
0: Yeah, the wrestling the wrestling's good and and uh, you know, even back when Ice was coaching it was you know, Trenton had a long tradition and if you can Bell Valley, I mean there was some really good East Coast programs that are that are coming back and, and uh I think the diversity of the Division Three programs and the number of Division Three programs is is a nice feature of of the national tournament, and uh, I'm excited about the NWCA growing more programs in Division Three.
1: Now, Mike, when you look at the, the world of wrestling, what's your favorite thing about Division Three wrestling?
0: I just think it's so
2: pure. I, I mean, you know, it it, it it it's it's pure. It's a very high level of wrestling. And, and uh, you, you know, you have, I mean, there's no doubt that the wrestlers in Division Three are just as committed to their, their their athletic and academic success as any other level that's out there. And, you know, the truth of the matter is we have many wrestlers at the Division Three level that would hold their own at the Division One level. That's been tried and proven over many, many years, and it's no different today than it was 25 years ago. And, and, um, but I just, I'm, I'm mostly excited by the, the incredible growth that we've had in recent years. And I think we're approaching a hundred teams, uh, now, and, and we just need to keep going. And we need to keep growing this. And I, I really want to emphasize as much as possible that growing the fan base is just hugely important because the only way we're going to get more qualifiers at the national tournament is 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 if the if, if the financial part of it works and it's all about getting more people to buy tickets to the championships year in and year out
1: of course, they're at the U.S. Sailor Center in Cedar Rapids, Iowa, March 11th and 12th, 2016. We're already here; we are in mid July, or not even mid July. We're talking about the March championships. So, hey, you know, it's I guess that's that time of year. You got to start planning early because that's that's championship month here in wrestling. With all the conference championships at Division One, the Division Two's usually the uh, the weekend before, and then you've got the NAI and the D3. I mean, it's just boom, boom, boom when it comes to championship weekend. So, yeah, make your plans for March. The U.S. Sailor Center recently renovated and that place is gorgeous great sight lines uh for wrestling so uh you know that's one of the one of my favorite facilities although i, I do remember a couple of years ago in cedar rapids they did kramas in the ice arena which uh was a bit tight john i mean uh, had you jumped over that many hockey boards in your life before uh, that year at the ice arena
0: yeah that was that was a tight fit <laughs>
1: Now, the last thing I want to touch on uh, as we talk about the championships, and this kind of will set up, uh, I think this is every Division Three conversation that, that's held when you talk about the national championships. The run that Augsburg had this year to to win the title, uh, Jim Molsoff, who was then the interim coach, now been named to that job as a full-time position. I was at the Wartburg-Augsburg duel earlier uh, this year in February in Minneapolis, and Wartburg won 8 out of 10 mounts, and it was not close. I mean, there were some close matches, but you know, Wartburg blew him out of the water. So I'm going into the D3 championships going, all right, how many points is Wartburg going to win this thing by? And something happened. Uh, Augsburg guys remembered they know how to pin people. I think they picked up 24 bonus points. I mean, John, in, in your years of Division Three, uh, we look back at the records that, that no team outside of Augsburg or Wartburg have won the title since, I believe, 1994. And, you know, what, what, what were you looking at from, from maybe a, an outside perspective going, wow, Is Augsburg really going to pull this off?
0: Well, that's a heck of a job coaching and getting those guys ready to to peak and perform there. Um, But I guess when – yeah, that was – it was quite a performance. And when it gets down to that level, you know, all the little things make a difference. And, uh, you know, I uh, I think they did a heck of a job, and there's a reason why he's got his contract renewed.
1: Yeah, and Mike, from a Division three perspective, when you look at now that Jim Molsoff, champion coach at Augsburg, Eric Keller, the year before, championship coach at Wartburg, you have to look as a minute, Augsburg or Wartburg are still winning, but Jeff Swenson and Jim Miller aren't listed as the head coach for these programs. I mean, you know, I guess the, the coach builds the machine and it can keep on rolling. I mean, is is it kind of odd for you to sit back and be like, wait a minute, there's no Swenson and Millboy technically coaching these teams?
2: No, but I will say this: one of the things that great coaches do is they they always think about succession. They always think about making sure that it's better for the next person. And and I mean, those are two examples of people that continue to give back incredibly in, in, in a generous way, year in and year out. And um, as we mentioned earlier in this show, at the end of the day, you know, more often than not, it 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 goes back to having great coaches. And, and great leaders. And, you know, I think our sports come a long, long way in that regard, and we just need to keep going. One of the other important things about our intercollegiate programs is that historically they've been the, the farm system for developing high school, middle school, and elementary school teachers and coaches. There's an old adage that typically we all coach the way we were coached. So by having great college coaches goes a long way and making sure the quality of coaching at every level below that um, are, are strong as well.
1: I don't know about you, Mike, but the way I was coached was pretty intense, and I guarantee you I am not going to coach the way my high school coach did.
2: It's just just <laughs> well, not going to sometimes you learn what not to do. I mean, you can learn two things, how to do it or what not to do. And we well, just it's not its sure not the, the what party. not
1: to do part. It's the fact that I can't do what he did. <laughs> it's just not oh. going to be possible. But uh, right. as we talk about that um, – and with that that 'll bring episode one here of the ice hour and yes we 're not sticking to an exact hour that 's the one thing about the podcast format. This show will be as short or as long as it needs to be. Of course, throughout the season we 'll have updates we 'll have guests from around the country uh, for right now, this show will be once a month we 'd like to thank Tim Payne at my house Sports Gear. Uh, As you heard in the open, they are sponsoring the show. You can find information about their gear and apparel of wrestling, their wrestling line of apparel at shop.myhousesportsgearonline.com. Of course, this show named after the late Dave Eisenhower, the longtime coach at Trenton State, now known as the College of New Jersey. So for Mike Moyer and John McGovern, you can subscribe to this show by going to mattalkonline.com slash D3. That'll take you right to iTunes. We'll see you next time.